Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. I'm Nisa. And I'm Omar. Welcome to our podcast, Help I'm Sad. Today's episode is all about anxiety. We're going to talk about what makes us anxious, how we cope with anxiety, and some common misconceptions about being an anxious person. So if you're of the melancholy variety, you're a nervous wreck, or anything in between, settle in and make yourself at home. According to the American Psychological Association, anxiety is an emotion characterized by feelings of tension, worried thoughts, and physical changes like increased blood pressure. People with anxiety disorders usually have recurring intrusive thoughts or concerns. They may avoid certain situations out of worry, and they may also have physical symptoms such as sweating, trembling, dizziness, or a rapid heartbeat. I think sometimes people use anxiety as a way to say they're nervous. Or to say they're like they just feel stressed out and I think for someone who has an anxiety disorder <laughs> to actually um <laughs> and for someone who has two anxiety disorders it can be kind of frustrating because it's like your anxiety your quote-unquote anxiety is it really anxiety or is it just nervousness because the anxiety I'm feeling feels like I'm dying And so I think sometimes it can be frustrating for anxious people, people who have anxiety disorders, to hear other people use it kind of flippantly and like without really knowing what it means. For me, anxiety is like more than just being nervous. It's having physical symptoms that come with it, whether that's panic attacks or like the American Psychological Association said like sweating trembling rapid heartbeat i live with a rapid heartbeat to me i think some people should be cognizant of their language when they're talking about their feelings because for some people it is a very very real physical experience that we're living yeah and it's not just a fleeting that's what i'm looking for a fleeting moment of nervousness like before you give a speech sometimes you'll have anxiety before that or nervousness but for people who have chronic anxiety where it's on a daily basis or it's perpetual, 
it can feel like you're like diminishing the reality of having an anxiety disorder yeah i can attest to feeling like anxiety for me understanding like i feel like there's two avenues in terms of um feeling anxiety in terms of crippling anxiety is the one of like i feel like there's a one side of crippling anxiety where you honestly feel like you're gonna die yeah (laughs) there's no way around it oh and then like there's i feel like there's another crippling anxiety where and I kind of like this where I live in terms of knowing, like for me, the rapid heartbeat, the dizziness, the trembling, all happens, especially when I sing, and I yeah. love singing. So like for me to be on my own, I don't, I don't have that, like the heartbeat, dizziness, trembling as much. Like mm-hmm. I do still like tremble, or I still do have like the heart rapid heartbeat when I'm singing, only because. I'm still learning how to breathe, to be honest. <laughs> so, <laughs> yeah. like, so, like, I'm, like, having to sing through certain certain notes or whatever and realizing, oh, take a, take a, take a breath here, take a breath here. Um, and that kind of starts up my anxiety because, like, I'm, I feel like I'm messing up or I don't sound good because the whole me here, myself, <laughs> back thing is an yeah. issue. Um but then there's a the like for me to be singing in front of other people, I still get that level of anxiety, even though I know the level uh the level of talent that I'm capable of in like what I was called to do, you know? Yeah. But I still have I still don't I think a part of me still doesn't trust that. Yeah. And so it's like a, a reoccurring anxiety every time <laughs> I yeah. sing. It's like I don't know how to not get a, get out of that without having to work through this breathing thing. And that's the, that's the kind of the conclusion I've come to um, in terms of anxiety. I feel like the key thing with anxiety is having intrusive thoughts. And I don't know if you've ever, like, experienced this, but personally, for years, and I still do sometimes, like, if I'm driving, my brain will just be like, hey, what if a truck just ran into you, you flip over and you die? That's crazy. <laughs> like <laughs> that's what yeah. I'll just think about or I'll yeah. be like you know in a store I'm like wow what if there's someone who just like a mass shooter comes in and kills you that would be wild like I just have random thoughts or I'll be sleeping and I'll be like wow what if you die right now like that's real like yeah. <laughs> it's like intrusive you know. thoughts in like perfectly fine moments where you can't really be present because your mind is thinking about like what if what if what if yeah and I think those are like key characteristics of anxieties having an intrusive thought instead of being in the moment whereas some people who don't have anxiety will be stressed out but they won't have intrusive thoughts right you know what i'm saying right, and so right. i think that's what i mean when i say people should be careful of using anxiety versus stressed and nervous because to me they're they're three different things yeah i'm curious to know why people use anxious when they really mean nervous or stressed um so i looked up something on the american psychological association about the differences between nervousness and being stressed and so according to the american psychological association there's a fine line between stress and anxiety both are emotional responses but stress is typically caused by an external trigger the trigger can be short term such as a work deadline or a fight with a loved one or long term such as being unable to work, 
discrimination, or chronic illness. People under stress experience mental and physical symptoms, such as irritability, anger, fatigue, muscle pain, digestive troubles, and difficulty sleeping. Anxiety, on the other hand, is defined by persistent, excessive worries that don't go away, even in the absence of a stressor. Anxiety leads to a nearly identical set of symptoms as stress, insomnia, difficulty concentrating, fatigue, muscle tension, and irritability. So I thought that was interesting because I definitely sometimes, even myself, have difficulty determining if I'm stressed or anxious, when really the answer is I'm always anxious, so Stress <laughs> it's just stress like stress happens sometimes. <laughs> right. right. Like at, at the end of the day, it's almost always I'm both. Yeah. So I think it is hard to tell between being anxious and being stressed because like it did say, it says anxiety has identical set of symptoms as stress. And so I am someone who does suffer with insomnia. I definitely have a hard time concentrating. I'm almost always tired. Like I can't, when, when did I have a, when when did i have energy <laughs> when i was like three that was the last time i had energy and then i definitely have muscle tension and i stay on irritability so <laughs> no no really like that right. i think that's like my main emotion i'm irritated i'm not mad yeah. i'm not angry actually i'm really irritated right. <laughs> and i really need to get my face <laughs> yeah most of the time that's how yeah. i feel most of the time so yeah yeah and i think you know i wonder like what type of person I would be if I didn't have anxiety like maybe I wouldn't be as irritable um and there are obviously better days than others but I think because you're already so like your senses are overwhelmed with when you do have anxiety or even if you're stressed it's like god I don't need anything else like stop annoying me stop irritating me and so I think I can almost always tell when I'm nervous versus anxious um, but I do have a hard time differentiating between being anxious and being stressed. Um, how about you? Um, yeah, I definitely struggle with the, the difference between the two. Um, I probably don't, I don't struggle with insomnia as much as you possibly do. So like my, I feel like in terms of like putting our, anxiety on a spectrum Mm -hmm. i might be on the lower end of the spectrum of anxiety in terms of just coping um but i definitely i definitely realize the triggers of stress more frequently than i do the triggers of my anxiety because my anxiety is a less physical thing than it Mm. than it is like a like a, a me feeling like I really just don't want to be bothered and having yeah. to be bothered. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, right. I like, and then so, like, my the stress part, like, component in terms of like the triggers are less irritating because they're almost inevitable. You know what I'm yeah. saying? Like, and especially because stress is like, it's like a, a that's stress Expected. to me is like a, like a normal thing. That's yeah. like everybody. Whether you struggle with anxiety or not, you're dealing with some type of stress. Yeah. Um. But for anxiety, it's just like you can't necessarily tell everybody what you're going, what you have going on, or you can't necessarily um, find a quick fix to to not being ir- to being less irritated. Yeah. Um. And some people, I feel like some people don't understand. They don't. Like I think more people can relate to stress 
because like you said everyone faces stress eventually in their life yeah um but not everyone can relate to anxiety and like especially the physical symptoms that come with it and so i think like you said what did you say you said that you don't have as many physical symptoms yeah, you with have, anxiety yeah with, no. with yeah, or, with anxiety. Yep. Okay, but you do with stress? Yeah. Yeah, well, it's, for me, it's, like, flipped the other way. And so, mm. like, for me, I have these weird times when I won't necessarily know I'm anxious. Like, it'll be, like, in, it's, like, basically having tabs open in my brain. Like, something's always going. Yeah. And so I get kind of used to it, and then I'll just wake up feeling nauseated. Mm. And I'm like, oh, well... I was, ang- I guess I was anxious yesterday. Yeah. Or I'll have like a really bad headache. Oh, I guess I was anxious yesterday. Like, those are the physical symptoms that I often experience. And then it's usually like I'll feel the physical symptom and then I'll retroactively go back and be like, oh, I guess I was anxious. And then I'll unpack it and be, and be like, oh, okay, what was I anxious about? Because most of the time I'm just like, that's just my, my, baseline yeah is being anxious and so for me it's hard to determine if it's a new anxiety thing or if it's just like my underlying anxiety that's always there yeah that's always like the tab that's open and when you constantly think about it like we're walking through a life and i'm pretty sure we have experienced half the things that we're meant to experience so that's another reason (laughs) not excuse a reason to be for your anxious to stay in this place you know what i'm saying and for it to be for it to have a level of like a hold on you and make you feel like you're crippled in a way yeah um that stress just doesn't hold have a hold on you like when you're stressed you can you can find things retail therapy for a lot of people yeah work for stressful situations because you just your mind is elsewhere um but for anxiety it's literally like uh, like you said, a filing cabinet in your mind and yeah. like a tab open in yeah. your search bar. Like it's always there. It's always something to to think about, always something to question. Yeah. And some of the questions are, are really like repetitive and really like, yeah, that's not the to thing. say dumb, but like, they're dumb irrational. In sense, right. And, yeah. And, and, and irrational in the sense that you, you know the answer to it. <laughs> yes. <laughs> that, that's what you know, but yet. Your body is telling you like, Nah, homie, yeah, you got nah. it wrong this time. <laughs> nah, I know dog. for sure. <laughs> this ain't it. Right? <laughs> yeah. I would bet my life that you're about to get hit by a car. Yeah, you you go, you out of here. <laughs> right? The Lord wants you home now. Right? <laughs> yeah. Exactly. And that's the thing that's so, like, frustrating with anxiety is, like, you get to a point in, in your anxiety, especially when you get diagnosed, where it's, like, and you've experienced it so much, where you go into your head and you're, like, I know this is irrational. Like, you use your intellectual, your intellect, and you're like, okay, statistically, this probably won't happen to me. I can, you know, come to that conclusion on my own. But then also, it'll be like, but just to be safe, it probably will happen to you. Just to prepare for anything that could be impending. Yeah, and you know, and I just and a bell just rung in my head while you was talking. Like, I feel like the only reason I'm lower on the spectrum of anxiety is because. My ability to detach from from <laughs> said emotions yeah. is really, really scary, yeah. <laughs> and really scary to me because I know how of a I don't care attitude I could have, but it not come off like I don't care because mm-hmm. I'm just that strategic. Me not having the level of anxiety that I think 
people experience on a higher level only happens because of my detachment. And it's not a healthy detachment because I'll be anxious about the same thing later on. Just like, I just won't mention it, you know, yeah. or, or come out of the blue. Yeah. <laughs> like, I'm really anxious. I got to go. Like, yeah. Yeah. What you said reminded me well, of two things. One thing is I've noticed personally I'm less anxious when I'm more depressed, which I don't know mm. if that makes sense because sometimes it's equal. But sometimes I feel more carefree when I'm depressed, and that's probably because I'm like, hey, if if my car does flip over, thank you. That's what I've wanted. Yeah, no. <laughs> and it's like, okay, then I'll, the pain will stop. So yeah. thank you. But then there's other times where I guess I care more about my existence where I'm like, okay, let's keep worrying about stuff. Let's keep worrying about stuff and thinking of the worst possible outcome for something. Yeah. And then the second thing that you reminded me of was when I first, when my doctor, my primary care physician. <laughs> I love it. <laughs> <laughs> but my doctor, um, read in her notes like oh it says you're being treated for anxiety and depression and i was like i am and she was she was like oh i didn't know you were anxious and i was like yeah i'm telling you now Duh. and then she was like oh you just don't seem like an anxious person and i'm like yeah here's the thing anxiety lives in the mind mm. and so I often come off as someone who's just, like, carefree, which is so ironic to me. I come off as someone who's easygoing. Yeah. One, because I'm a people pleaser, so I will just go with whatever you want. And then, two, it's because I'm not in the moment. Mm -hmm. Like, I'm in my head. Yeah. And I'm just like, okay, yeah, yeah, whatever. We'll do what you want because I'm in my head being anxious about something. Yeah. And so my doctor was like, oh, you just don't seem like someone who's anxious. And I'm like, yeah, because... I don't want other people to see that I'm anxious. And so I just keep it bottled up inside and I live in my head and you're welcome. Like, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> like I'm not a bother to you. So right. can you just leave me alone. <laughs> and I'm like, can we move past this? Right. That's awkward. Can we just get to the pap smear? Right. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> right. Yeah. We don't need to have this little can't, kiki right. moment. I'm gonna open just my, get ready. Right to <laughs> I need to go. I gotta right. walk my dog. Right. <laughs> But no, I definitely, I definitely feel like there's just a, I think there's a level of expectation for anxious people to just not question um, their existence or the people or the existence around them. Honestly, and I honestly think, and I'll have to do some research because I want to make, like I said, I want to spread lies. But like, I honestly think probably like our smartest or our, our most innovative researchers are innovative um, discoverers <laughs> uh, had some level of anxiety because for you to not for you to discover something that was completely unknown to you out of maybe an accident yeah because of the questions you asked that's true yeah you know what I'm saying like it, I think it molds I think it helps mold a person depending on how self-aware they are about mm -hmm. their anxiety you know what I'm saying yeah and, and, I, and I think part of my I think part of me stunting my own growth when I was growing up was me not realizing me asking questions was okay mm -hmm. me asking me telling me going to the people asking the questions was okay who like who I entertained whose answer I entertained after I asked the question was the problem and mm -hmm. where a lot of my anxiety 
lied. Like, I don't know what they're going to say, so I'm not going to ask the question in the first place. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I did read an article where it said that smarter people, more intelligent people, tend to be more depressed because they are more realistic about the world, so they have a more realistic approach, whereas some people are optimists, mm-hmm. and so they like to think that the world is a is a can be a good place, whereas more intelligent people tend to take the world for what it is, and so then that's why they're depressed, which is, like, obvious. Like, if you take the world at face value, you see the good and the bad in it, you can lean to being more depressed <laughs> because, let's be honest, the way the world's set up, you're shown more depressed things. Yeah. Like, yeah, the news yeah. doesn't show, you know, all the great things that happen. It shows usually the bad things. Yeah. And so if you're constantly taking that in and you're accounting for a realistic world, you tend to be more depressed. Yeah. And so I think you are onto something that, like, you know, smarter people, people who are geniuses, they tend to have their own struggles with their mental health because it takes, like you said, a certain level of self-awareness to ask questions, which intelligent people ask questions. They always want to know why something happens or how something happens. Yeah. We also talked about how sometimes people confuse nervousness with anxiety. And um, nervousness is considered a natural response to a stressful event. It's temporary and it resolves once the stress has passed. It can be controlled even if you're someone who is more prone to nervous feelings. While nervousness is a common symptom of anxiety disorders, they're not the same thing. Anxiety disorders are psychiatric disorders that develop from a number of complex factors, including genetics, brain chemistry, and life events. Anxiety disorders are long-lasting and uncontrollable without treatment, and people with an anxiety disorder often experience severe feelings of nervousness or worry. These feelings can come on frequently and without an obvious stressor. People may also experience a number of pronounced physical and mental symptoms that impact their ability to function. Since I started therapy, I went to therapy because I was anxious and depressed, and we came to the conclusion that I am an anxious person and I have uh, social anxiety and generalized anxiety. So just like general anxious feelings, and then especially in social situations, I have anxiety. Okay. Yeah. Which I kind of felt like I already knew because I was I was a shy child. Yeah. And so I think I do remember, like, having anxious feelings when I was younger in social situations. But I was just like, oh, like, I'm just, like, quiet. Or, like, right. I'm just, just that's just, living. right? <laughs> like, that's just an experience I'm having, I guess. Yeah. And, like, I didn't actually think, for some reason, I thought it would get better when I got older. And no. if anything, it's gotten worse. Like, when I was younger, like... I feel like I still had a sense of not caring. Yeah. Whereas now I feel like I have more of a sense of caring about what other people think. Um, but I hear that goes away once you get older. So. Oh, yeah. I definitely felt like, and <laughs> still do, don't care. I definitely mm-hmm. didn't care back then, but, like, I still don't care now. But, like, there's a level of, like, I have to care a little bit because people care. <laughs> <laughs> I want to be part of people that care. Yeah. Um, but, no, I... I um. Like, I don't, I don't remember, like, my childhood too in-depth in the sense, but I remember having, like, that idea that I would be better <laughs> going up. Like, I, I thought, like, I wouldn't have the same level of stress as a kid that I would have as an adult. That's from the book. Like, <laughs> and I just, I, yeah. that, that really, like, I was like, I thought I was the only one that really thought like that because 
I really and I remember watching. I don't know. Um, what's that song like? So long, farewell to you. You remember that? That like it's like something box, out of the box, or something like that. Um, it sounds familiar. I don't. I don't want to copyright is. whatever. Right. <laughs> yeah. Disclaimer, but like that that show that dude yeah. with the dreads. I, oh, his, Wait, yeah, I think I know, I remember you know, talking and that about, Asian yeah, woman. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, like his, I remember, I remember as a kid, his joy mm-hmm. and his like his childlike nature was something that I wanted to emulate as yeah. I got older because I was like, I feel like as adults, they're just too serious and they're just too like <laughs> uptight and they're worry about whatever they worry about, but like yeah. they're not worried about me, so that's a problem here. Right. Um, <laughs> um. So like, I remember like having that be like the underline of whatever I got, I'm going through emotionally I don't know I hope this doesn't last when I'm older but at the same time if it does I hope I still have the level of joy and peace like the the level of joy and happiness that this guy has doing the show mm-hmm. not knowing it looks like a show but just having that idea in my yeah. mind and how has that worked out for you I mean I'm in the process of getting locks now so I feel like I'm really like embodying <laughs> right. what that looked like and I'm and I'm and now I feel like I have. I always had. I feel like I. I feel like people are are, are born with the tools. It's just about self, like the, really discovering them for mm-hmm. yourself. And so, now that I discovered some tools that I've always had, I'm more towards. I'm more on the track of being at peace and being, like, just having joy on a day to day basis, versus it versus everything being so serious and nonchalant. Now I have my weeks and my months, but I'm going to charge that to me being young and just not really having a care for the, <laughs> having a care in the world. Yeah. Partly. Um, <laughs> I'm doing my, I feel like I'm doing my, my societal job by creating, helping you create this podcast, you know, to have discussions about our emotions. But at the same time, it's like, I still want to live life and not really be responsible. <laughs> yeah. So, but like being keeping in mind, I have to be responsible, and yeah. that there it's not like everybody it goes without responsibility. It's a, it's just about taking the time out to really be accountable for the responsibility that I was charged for. You know? Yeah, I do. So some physical symptoms of anxiety disorders include headaches, odd sensations in your body. Numbness, body aches and pain, irritability, shaking or trembling, insomnia, trouble concentrating, rapid heartbeat, chest tightness, fatigue, stomach aches, diarrhea, and sweating. I'm not going to go too much into <laughs> all these <laughs> um, physical symptoms, but I definitely do have headaches. I've had, I wouldn't say odd sensations, but I have like chest pain before, like chest tightness and chest pain. I remember the first time I felt it, I was like, I'm for sure having a heart attack. And I was like, do I have like a heart condition because I'm too young for this <laughs> and then my <laughs> no, head really and I was just like spiraling um and then I realized I was just stressed out like it literally happened while I was studying for something and so I was like oh I was probably just stressed out and was having anxiety and it was See. manifesting physically I do have body aches and pain I'll leave it at that um <laughs> 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 um I've had numbness usually in my extremities like or in my fingers I've had mm-hmm. numbness. Um, I recently had a panic attack in my car, and I had numbness. I had to call my mommy to come get me. Ah! <laughs> um, but that's just, like, a real moment. Like, yeah, just being honest, like, sometimes you need someone's help. And I remember, like, thinking, like, wow, this is embarrassing. Even though it was in front of my own mom, I was like, 
I'm 25, I'm having a panic attack in my car, and I can't drive home. And I'm like, this is kind of embarrassing, but I really do need you to come pick me up, Mom. <laughs> Kudos to you for actually, like, realizing what it was and like well yeah because like my worst fear is like if i'm driving and i have a panic attack and i like crash my car and i hurt someone else like i don't want that to happen and like i just remember like when it was happening i was i had numbness in my fingers and i just felt like my body was shutting down like and in that when it gets to that point when you're having a panic attack it's like your thoughts are everything. And I just remember I had to keep telling myself, like, I'm safe, I'm okay. Because if I don't, then it'll just keep spiraling and it'll just get worse. And so, yeah, I had to call my mom to come pick me up from a parking lot that I pulled so how, into. how long did it take for you to call your mom from the point that you realized you were having a panic attack? So I knew I was having a panic attack, like, almost immediately. But then I was like, okay, I tried to self-soothe, like, calm myself down. And then I was like, okay, like... I probably shouldn't have pulled out of the parking lot. I probably shouldn't have tried to drive. But I was like, you know, mind over matter. Like, just think differently. And so I was thinking. I was trying to change the way I was thinking. I wasn't focusing on, like, I was trying not to focus on the anxiety and focus on something else. And then there came a moment where, like, I physically felt like I was, like, coming out of my own body. And so I was like, okay. I was, like, at a stoplight. And I was like, I have to pull into a parking lot because I can't try to fight my anxiety and my panic attack while also driving. So it took probably about 10 minutes for me to like finally call my mom for help. And then I had to talk to her on the phone the whole way to when she came to pick me up. And like, I literally, like, like I said, I'm being very real here. It's like, I had to literally, even though she was talking to me, I had to keep out loud saying my own words like saying my own thoughts yeah that i wanted to replace my anxious thoughts with so like i was just being like okay i'm safe like you're coming to get me you're gonna be here i'm gonna be okay like i had to keep saying those things so that i could calm my body down and it would come in waves like i would calm down and but then it would pick back up because i had to constantly check my thoughts and that's what's so exhausting is like you have to constantly the check-ins <laughs> yeah like and make sure that your thinking is on the right page because you can easily derail into a panic attack especially if you're already very anxious yeah and i've realized that with myself is if i start even just thinking about something in a way that could induce anxiety or panic it takes way more to get to pull back from that than it does to get to that point yeah yeah and so it can be very exhausting and i just remember after that i was so exhausted Mm. like from the panic attack i was so tired i was very aware of my physiological responses like if my heartbeat slowed down a little i would freak out a little bit like it was just like and that's not the only panic attack i've had i've had other panic attacks but i just remember that one was my worst one because it was when i was driving other ones i haven't been driving but yeah, I think I've had many of the physical symptoms that are on here. Yeah. Yeah, except for a diarrhea because I don't poop. Bye. <laughs> no, because I really believe women didn't poop for a second. So, I'm <laughs> <laughs> cruel joke. <laughs> really? No, okay. yeah. I, you know, I really did believe that. I think that's before, before my sisters were really growing up to like use the bathroom on their own you know oh, okay before i knew before i really knew <laughs> um but 
with anxiety attacks, I've had uh, one really extreme major attack that involved an ambulance mm-hmm. and me leaving school, um, me having to call my mom. But like with that one, I'm still grappling with if I was being dramatic and this may be just like me negative self talk. <laughs> so <laughs> like help me out if I'm doing that. But like I, th- I was, I'm grappling whether I was being dramatic or whether I was really like thinking I was going to die. Or I really was thinking like I was out of breath because like I was, I knew of, I was aware of my asthma. Right. And, um, and allergies. So, the story, right? Okay. So, basically, I was in middle school, sixth grade, mm-hmm. and I think we were, like, doing a mile, and then, like, we was outside. I don't know if it was a track or, like, around a pond or something like that, but either way, it was around somewhere, and we had to run. Mm-hmm. Um, part of a person's childhood in America, <laughs> in a <laughs> suburban area, is not being picked last or not being left behind yeah. in any way, shape, or form. And so doing a mile, and all the kids start at the same time, and you don't want to be the last one running. So right. I was like, that's my, my mile. It's like, I just can't be the last one. That's mm-hmm. all I know. But I also know I'm not the lightest. The lightest, I don't have the the, the weight. My weight is not the lightest. Like, I'm not the the skinniest person on this track mm-hmm. i fe- i felt fatter than i was yeah still struggle with that idea mm-hmm. and so with that being said <laughs> all that being said <laughs> i start running really good keeping up with the with the fastest of them for the mm-hmm. for the, like the first five minutes right then your boy forgot to forgot to breathe now, <laughs> I'm in my latter years still working on it. So you can just imagine when I'm younger, just not knowing, hey, breathe through your nose, out through your mouth, and you'll be perfectly fine. <laughs> Sorry, like, be consistent. No, it really is. Because, okay, so now that's why I struggle because I laugh myself when I tell the story. I had to tell, my st- I had to tell the story in my head driving here because uh-huh. I, I was laughing out loud. Yeah. <laughs> I was thinking about, like, like dude. I so, so I get to the <laughs> five-minute mic. I'm like envisioning you. I need like you to. trying to breathe. Please, I need you to. So six-minute mark, I get to the breathing part because mm-hmm. the first five minutes, I didn't really have to think about it. It was just a natural thing. You just walk, breathe. Duh. Right. Six minutes in, I forgot that process. I forgot. My mind didn't, my mind couldn't, I didn't have enough air to process that thought. <laughs> Look at the moment. <laughs> so, after I was not breathing, I slowly stopped. Okay. Um, And I remember, I remember like when, you, it was like when you can't breathe or when you, it's hard to catch your breath put your arms above your head. Yes. So I, that's that was my like <laughs> that was my white was flag. I need to go. <laughs> I need to I need saving right now. I wasn't too far away from the starting point to turn right back around and that's exactly <laughs> what I did. Now like I said, as a kid you don't want to ever be embarrassed. You don't want to be picked last. Right. You don't want to be the last person. None of that. I didn't care. Like I don't, I don't remember getting to the teacher, but I remember getting to the teacher, and now I don't remember getting to the ambulance, but I remember being in the ambulance, and I remember 
call my mom, but I remember her being in there. <laughs> and she's a school teacher, so she had to yeah. get out of school oh, yeah. to come get me, only to find out. I mean, everybody was like, yeah, yeah, he needs a little oxygen, but he's all right. Like, <laughs> and me to hear that and thinking, like, I did all that. Well, and I, I, I'm still alive. Like, I just rather had. <laughs> oh I just would rather had died because <laughs> for me to have done all that <laughs> was just really mind-boggling to me. So I don't think it was being dramatic. I think it was just, like, not being sure what your body was going through in that moment and yeah. just being cautious like being like hey i need help because in the reality is you were having a hard time breathing and that can't <laughs> <Not funny. laughs> you're literally holding back tears literally you literally crying. i i appreciate your respect level for for my story but i need everybody to know you are literally in tears <laughs> Trying not to laugh too hard. And I appreciate that. That's really like, it shows your level of empathy and emotional maturity. Whatever. (laughs) I don't think you were being dramatic. I think it could have escalated into something worse because you were having a hard time breathing. But I do think sometimes it can be perceived by other people as being dramatic. Yeah. And the truth is they'll never really know until they experience it for themselves. And That's true. I think just at the end of the day, just be empathetic. Like if someone is having a hard time breathing, I feel like everyone should be able to understand that that can be uncomfortable and then that can be scary. Even yeah. if you do, even if you have had multiple panic attacks and you're assuming it's another panic attack, it's still scary because you don't want to not breathe. Right. Like, and having a panic attack can feel like you're losing your breath and you won't be able to gain it back. And being in that space for however long isn't incredibly uncomfortable. And then on top of that, people staring at you, that's uncomfortable. And then on top of that, you know, the fear of what people will think, like, are you being dramatic? Like, No one needs that on top of a panic attack. One size fits all seemed like a good idea for clothes. Nice dress. Uh, It's a it's a T-shirt. Until you tried it on. Same goes for your health care. That's why United Healthcare offers a variety of flexible, budget-friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. So whether you're between jobs, coming off a parent's plan, or even missed open enrollment, you can find the plan that fits you best. Find out more about United Healthcare coverage at uh1.com. That's uh1.com. Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear and fine leather goods, all at 50 to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365 day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. 
So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. And I think, and I don't know why, and like, I, I would hold that thought on to, I would hold that thought and, and while realizing, one, I can't, I, I could have, I couldn't have possibly controlled as much as my emotions as I felt like I should have. I wanted to ask you, um, do you feel like it's weird to experience a panic attack as, well, when you were younger as a boy or as a man? Like, do you feel like society thinks it's weird or, like, you can't show what that feels like in front of other people? So, like, and so part of, like, me saying... I was, I didn't feel like I should have expressed my emotions like I did. Mm. That was one thing. And then two, because I expressed my emotions how I did. Oh, because I expressed my emotions how I did. Um, when I came into the realization that I was gonna live, mm-hmm. um, the people around me I realized weren't as like dramatic or wasn't as yeah. like riled up about the situation. Uh, partly because I mean, I'm in an ambulance, so it's part of the job to be as calming as possible. Yeah. I just remember it being such a, I don't know, it's not a pinnacle moment, but it was. It felt <laughs> it like it. <laughs> it felt like it. I just come like, oh, I can live on another day, really, <laughs> yeah. realistically. Um, but yeah, so like their their calmness kind of like superseded the fact that, you know, I felt the way I did, and it wasn't like how I felt was valid because yeah. I mean, there was no other way for me to express my expert, my, like how I felt, but it definitely looking back on it, definitely. I had like, I had to think like, like men aren't supposed to be expressing their emotions. That, that whole tantrum that just happened, that shouldn't have, that should not have happened. Like, and I feel bad about it now. Like, mm-hmm. Uh, ambulance was called. What? Who? Who, who paying for this ambulance? Yeah, <laughs> like, they are not, expensive. Not thinking <laughs> yeah. like money. Like I, like have no thought about money. I'm my first phone. I got when I was like in sixth grade. So like, everything happened in one year, and so yeah, like being a man definitely has has this like standards where you just I'm not supposed to be expressing certain emotions, but I express them anyways. And now I have to like punish myself in some way (laughs) by by like criticizing or you know um self-demonizing yeah and self-loathing you know yeah i think society makes it seem like women because they like to portray women as more emotional than men that they're more likely to have a panic attack which is obvious obviously not the case but i do think that's detrimental to men's mental health and like I can't imagine trying to stifle a panic attack. Like, do you explode? Like, do you shoot up schools? Like, what <laughs> right. is the right? What's what the is right? <laughs> what happens when you stifle a panic attack? Because I could never. Like, I need to let it out, and I need, even though in the moment, it feels embarrassing. It's yeah. like after the fact, you're like, 
at the end of the day, I'm a human and I just had a reaction to something. And more people are more forgiving and more understanding than I think we like to think, especially anxious people, because we tend to have a perfectionistic way about us. Mm-hmm. I think we think people are criticizing or judging us when in reality they're too concerned about themselves. Like they're not really thinking like, oh, that's super crazy that she had a panic attack. And then like 30 minutes later, oh, that's super crazy she had a panic attack. They don't remember you anymore. Right. Like <laughs> you're right. just like a person <laughs> a, that they a saw. And that, <laughs> right. It's nothing. It's not a big deal. Yeah. And I do. But I do think people tend to romanticize anxiety. Mm-hmm as like this quirky personality trait and not a mental illness that can be crippling at times and can be very overwhelming in an isolating experience. And I also think people who don't have anxiety disorders, like I said earlier, overuse the word. And anxiety isn't this like cute, quirky thing. Like it's a very real experience. And I just want society to stop like making shows or making like movies about these people who very obviously have anxiety like characters have anxiety but then they're being portrayed as like quirky or um like overly sensitive when it's like in the, the flip side of being quirky is also being like crying yourself to sleep or having panic attacks or you know some other unhelpful coping mechanism is behind that and so i think by romanticizing anxiety it makes it seem trivial yeah yeah it almost and now about to say because it almost makes it like a me versus them thing like for like non-anxious people it almost implies you have no empathy or no ability to feel that one feeling or that one emotion for you to actually understand and not necessarily um <laughs> I wanna say empathize because I mean you don't have empathy, but like not necessarily like hop onto the bandwagon of may- maybe uh, understanding the the level of anxiety that I'm feeling, but like be respectful of 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 the anxiety that I am like not <laughs> take to the anxiety I'm not trying to showboat but it's just mm-hmm. you know one of those like a panic attack it comes whenever it wants to come so like, yeah for me to you're really, not like, choosing to have like an anxious moment or right. to have a panic attack right and I think 99% of the people who do have anxiety disorders and do have panic attacks they aren't doing it to get attention you know what I'm saying? Like, yeah. they're not doing it to be dramatic. They're not trying to be attention-seeking. In fact, I think it scares a lot of people to think that their panic attack would be witnessed by someone else. And so if you're someone who's listening to this and you don't have panic attacks or you don't know what anxiety feels like, I would just say err on the side that the person is being honest in that moment and being very vulnerable. And that... In that moment, they need help. <laughs> yeah. And I'm not saying, like, intervene in the panic attack, but just be understanding and don't judge them for it. Just be like, okay, like, you had a panic attack. What can I do for you? What can I not do for you? Like, Right. And I think most of the time, the non-anxious people are not going to want to intervene at all. 
You know what I'm saying? I think it's a natural thing, especially for black people to like just make fun of it or make a joke out of it um, to cope. But like, if if you listen to this and you are identifying someone anxious next to you as a non-anxious person, and you realize, and I I hope you come to the, like a, a self-actualization of like, oh, I would usually make a joke here, but let me try something different because that person's life kind of depends on it. Yeah. Because um, a lot of a lot of times you internalize what people say to you, good or bad. Yeah. Um, as if it's law for for your morality and your ethics to flourish. You know what I'm saying? So like. And it can create more anxiety in that person. Like they already have yeah. enough things that they're anxious about, and then now they have to be anxious that the next time they have a panic attack, someone's gonna make fun of them. So that's like, why give them more anxiety? Right. And asking them what they're anxious about is not <laughs> is not gonna help the situation. Right. Or and, and calm it, down, or just take a deep breath. If I could find the deep breath, I wouldn't be in a panic oh attack Lord, right now. That deep breath thing right. is serious. <laughs> but like honestly, and and I I'm I'm guilty of like <laughs> saying that to people, like or saying like, or you're being very dramatic, or just take a deep breath, calm down. Like yeah. I'm guilty of saying that, but and and not but because there's no excuse for that understanding understanding that i'm guilty of kind of like it's making just pushing them off is almost a it's ignorant in the sense that i have the tools and i know what to say or i know how to say not how to say anything to someone anxious but like just how to maneuver some maneuver, maneuver around someone who is anxious to one, not make them feel bad about the situation, but two, to not tie me into what they might be anxious about. Um, yeah. So, yeah, that's all I got. Yeah. So, we've been talking about anxiety very intentionally and in depth um, and ways that you can detect the difference between the anxiety attacks and panic attacks and um, our experiences. Now, how do you cope with said anxieties? The American Psychological Association recommends seeking therapy, and so do I. Psychologists are trained in diagnosing anxiety disorders and teaching patients healthier, more effective ways to cope. A form of psychotherapy known as cognitive behavioral therapy is highly effective at treating anxiety disorders. Through CBT, psychologists help patients learn to identify and manage the factors that contribute to their anxiety. I go to therapy, but I do not do cognitive behavioral therapy. Um, at least I don't think I do. Um, I mean, we definitely talk about the things that cause me anxiety. We talk about ways to cope with it. And I think for me, I'm someone who realizes, like, if I have anxiety, the only way I can personally get past it is to know that I can do it. Yeah. And to know that I can do it, I have to face my fear. And so I think she understands that about about me. So she doesn't push for cognitive behavioral therapy. I think she just she knows that I'm someone who will do it. Yeah. So that I can get past it. Um, but it's definitely harder than it looks. Like it's not like oh, I want to get past this anxiety, and so I'm going to go do the thing that scares me. You have to really pump yourself up about it, and you have to have a lot of coping me- mechanisms to get through it. And I think that's what therapy is for. Like they literally go to school to help you with this. Yeah. And I think that's so important. And I think it's also important for me. I didn't necessarily know that I had an anxiety disorder. I just thought I was anxious. And so going to a therapist who says, okay, yeah, you have social anxiety. 
disorder makes me feel validated in my experience and my feelings and I think that's very that's a necessary step to getting better or not necessarily getting better but being able to cope yeah um and I <laughs> and I will vouch that <laughs> I do think people should go to therapy even though I'm not in therapy um but when I as I am looking for a therapist actively um I have looked into cognitive uh behavior therapy what is it called behavioral therapy behavioral therapy I have looked into that um as an option because I I feel like my my anxiety is way more crippling than my depression is if that makes Mm -hmm. sense so I feel like if I have I feel like if I have better coping mechanisms and ones that I can remember in the moment then I feel like I'll be better off in terms of just coping and navigating through life yeah and I think personally for me I've just realized that it's about coping with it I have rectified in my own mind that like I may never not be anxious you know what I'm saying Mm -hmm. like I may have to keep working on this and like trying to cope for the rest of my life but that doesn't mean like life can't be good life can't be fun yeah that i can't get past certain things that cause me cause me anxiety um so i think going to therapy helped me with that because when i wasn't in therapy i was thinking this is going to be the way that my life is forever and i'll never know 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 how to deal with it and cope with it and get past my certain anxieties i have and fears I have but therapy showed me it had like it gave me evidence it gave me evidence that I could move past certain anxieties that I have that I have coping mechanisms that I can use them that even though my brain is telling me this is scary I have evidence that in the past I have been able to do it and so I can do it again yeah and I think being as faith based as I am, having knowing like and having the faith and like believing that there's a God and there's you know life after, having evidence is is just as important to my existence and my my belief as me believing in the unknown or in, in the unseen. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? And so, like, and a year to year or two ago when I started like really self reflecting and being aware of like maybe negative unhealthy coping mechanisms and really breaking down things that impacted me impacted me both physically and generationally like it it was that deep for me um so having that whole discovery showed me that there's always a way it's just about me having the will to actually put forth the energy to make the way you know So through the cognitive component of therapy, patients learn to understand how their thoughts contribute to their anxiety symptoms. By learning to change those thought patterns, they can reduce the likelihood and intensity of anxiety symptoms. With the behavioral component, patients learn techniques to reduce undesired behaviors associated with anxiety disorders. Specifically, patients are encouraged to approach activities and situations that provoke anxiety, such as public speaking or being in an enclosed space, to learn that their feared outcomes, such as losing their train of thought or having a panic attack, are unlikely. The only way I can face that fear is to keep doing it. Like, to get past it is to keep doing it. Because 
I can go back into my brain and be like, hey, remember when you were scared to do that first public speaking thing, but then you were able to do it and it wasn't as bad as you thought? That's literally the only thing that saves me from having panic attacks is being able to have actual evidence in my brain saying, hey, you did it before. Yes, you remember feeling these physiological symptoms. You pushed through it. You did the thing, then you came out, you felt relieved, and you weren't as bad as you thought you were. Yeah. Like, that's the only thing that really <laughs> helps me is having p- past experiences that where I've faced my fear and it's been fine. Yeah, and that's, and that's exactly that's exactly why I keep singing. <laughs> that's exactly mm-hmm. why I keep putting myself in positions where I'm able to lead a song and, it, and although I'm nervous, my leg might be shaking. Mm-hmm. Like, the first time I ever went on stage to sing something that was a talent show and I my leg was shaking really bad. I was, of course, sounding completely nervous, a mm-hmm. nervous wreck, but I just knew music was in me and I felt like I was music inclined mm-hmm. and that, first of all, when you, as a man, you, when, you, as a creative, as a creative man, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> there's a lot of emotions that you just, you just naturally want to express yeah. anyways. And so when you're in a society where, that isn't the case and you're having to not express how you want to because of whatever whatever society deems to be normal whatever it puts you in a place where it put me in a place where I had to put things in its place and like okay if I if I can't express my emotions this way I need to figure out another way to express my emotions so music was that and so I would stay in the choir. I would stay in a praise team. I would do these talent shows. I would do, like, I was in programs where I would, you know, do be in uh, vocal competitions and do poetry just because I knew that was an outlet and I knew mm-hmm. I could express raw emotions that way yeah. without it being, you. of course you get criticism everywhere, yeah. but, like, in that way, but it's like it's a little artistic. Bit more, it, <laughs> so exactly, like, oh, it looks a little more pretty. It looks right. more pretty. It looks a little more <laughs> right. beautiful on paper. Um, yeah. So that that's always been, and I keep singing. I keep going on stages, not because I get any less nervous, because that's always a thing, but because I want to f- conquer it. Yeah, I want to be able to say one day, I'm I wasn't as nervous. And you hear performers say that they're always nervous when they sing, but the, I know my nervousness, and you know, and I know that. At some point, I'm not going to ever stop being nervous to sing in front of people because people are going to have their own opinions, and you mm-hmm. just, I just always going to have that that th- back that thought in the back of my mind. But at the same time, I know that 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 nervousness doesn't tap into like the physical nervousness that mm-hmm. I feel could be worked on if I continue to do the things that I love to do. You know? Yeah. So. And I think that like with cognitive behavioral therapy it teaches you also that like if you do that thing that you fear and it doesn't turn out the way that you want you still make it out okay yeah and that also teaches you like you're human like you'll mess up and you won't be perfect and people are more understanding than not yeah and that you'll survive and that the next time it might not be as bad it might be better Mm -hmm. it also i think easier said than done like I've said before to face that fear because the reality is like if I'm being honest yeah I have the evidence in my head that I've done that thing that I'm scared of 
but I still have freak out moments like I will still if I have to do something that I'm scared to do I will freak out and but then I'll also have that moment where I'm like okay remember where you did it before and you were fine well it'll turn out fine this time and then it goes my anxiety goes down a little bit and then I'm like be scared again and then I'm like okay but do you remember (laughs) that time that you did it and then it's like no but you have to be scared again but do you remember that time that you did it and and you were fine right exactly and you could still mess up and then I'm like but no I did fine last time it would be okay it's just like a constant thing that's why it's so exhausting that's why you get fatigued but the more you do it I really believe like the easier it becomes. I just from personal experience, the more that you face the thing that you're scared of, the easier it becomes because you've learned coping mechanisms along the way. I agree. Sometimes you need medication and that's okay too. You may need to be prescribed antidepressants, anti-anxiety meds, or, or benzodiazepines. That was a hard word. No, okay. really? I'm, I'm so proud of you because I love that. I don't like that word, but like I like how that sounds, and I feel like you said it really good. There's also home remedies that you can do. Um, like we've said before, you can take slow, deep breaths. So when you feel your breath quickening, you can focus your attention on each inhale and exhale. Feel your stomach fill with air as you inhale. Count down from four as you exhale, and repeat until your breathing slows. Again, this is easier said than done. Sometimes if you're having a panic attack, you it's a struggle to find that <laughs> breath, okay? But, you know, this is also great to implement when you start to feel anxiety before you get the panic attack. Right. Practice makes perfect, yeah. honestly. You can also recognize and accept what you're experiencing. So if you've already experienced an anxiety or panic attack, you know they can be incredibly frightening. Remind yourself that the symptoms will pass and you'll be okay. You can practice mindfulness. Mindfulness-based interventions are increasingly used to treat anxiety and panic disorders. Mindfulness is a technique that can help you ground your thoughts in the present. You can practice mindfulness by actively observing thoughts and sensations without reacting to them. This is something I still have to work on because I'm someone who's like always thinking ahead. And so it's hard for me to be in the moment, but meditation does help me with mindfulness and like being in the moment and controlling my thoughts. Yeah. And I, and I I attest to that, like, meditation and yoga yeah. help tremendously. And I think, anyway, I think I know what it does. I know that being in meditation and practicing mindfulness allows for a level of peace to come into your mind that I don't think you would have if you weren't practicing just stillness you know what i'm saying allow just like the world to continue going as you stand still like to watch the clouds still move as i'm sitting down is kind of euphoric in a way because you you think like as much as my anxiety and panic attacks tell me i'm gonna die now i'm gonna die here i I should die whatever when you're for me when i sit still and i'm meditating when i did i'm gonna get back to it but I don't know. <laughs> but when I, when I meditated, it got me to a place where, I mean, risk, my, on the side of my mind, I'm thinking, oh, I could die right now. But on the other hand, I'm not. And I'm in a perfect, safe space. And I'm just watching the world as it is and finding the beauty within it because... You know, I might not be living. I might not live in the, the wealthiest of areas or the cleanest of spaces, but. I have, I have, I'm not Mm -hmm. without. Sometimes changing your lifestyle can help you prevent anxiety and panic attacks. 
So this may look like reducing and managing sources of stress in your life, learning how to identify and stop negative thoughts, getting regular moderate exercise, or like Omar said, practice meditation and yoga. You can eat a balanced diet, join a support group for people with anxiety or panic attacks, or you can limit your consumption of alcohol, drugs, and caffeine. What do you think are some common misconceptions about being an anxious person? Um, that anxious people are incapable of like true happiness or like mm. true peace of mind. Yeah. Um, I think that is a running lie that allows for <coughs> in search conspiracy for just like the higher ups to kind of hold you captive to thinking you need more than what you are capable or what yeah, you like are. outside things. yeah like yeah. alcohol or you know yeah. drugs anything. anything or even food like, all yeah. that like mm-hmm. fast food and all that. yeah yeah how about um, you what do you what do you think are misconceptions so some common misconceptions i think are that anxiety can be can be cured by calming down or thinking positively and i think anxiety meaning if you don't have an anxiety disorder but you're just feeling anxious i think that's definitely a thing Mm -hmm. but i think if you have an anxiety disorder and you're an anxious person you will possibly need more than that it obviously you said like it's on a spectrum some have very severe anxiety and some have milder anxiety yeah but i think there's more to it than just someone telling you to calm down and instantly you're calm like that's not how it works and like I've explained throughout this episode thinking positively like changing the way that you think is a true effort and it can be exhausting and I think the concept of thinking positive thoughts is something that's very frustrating for me because as a realistic person optimism freaks me out Mm. and it also I don't like toxic positivity like everything will be okay. Mm. That's not necessarily true. Yeah. Because bad things happen to good people all the time. Not saying that's a reason to not be hopeful or to not be pe- have peace, but I think it can be toxic when people try to quiet your anxiety or try to shut you up by saying just think positively or everything will work out in the end. Because to me, it just sounds like you're being like, okay, be quiet now. I'm done with your anxiety. I'm done with you sharing with me. Like, just think differently so we can move on. Right, right. And so that's a common misconception I feel is attributed to anxious people. Is like, you just have to change the way you think. You just have to calm down. Yeah. Um, Because the whole thing is not being in a moment and, like, not having the ability to almost center yourself back back to you know where you are and 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 how you are because like realistically you may not be in a bad mental space realistically but like at the same time this panic attack is also realistic in that is is emotion that needs to be expressed or it is a lack of emotion that is being expressed and not being um not being coped it's not being not coped with <laughs> it's not being uh 
managed. Huh? Managed. Or? Yeah, it's not being managed. Okay. It's not man- managed properly he- or healthily. I think there's another misconception that anxiety all looks the same. Yeah. Um, there's multiple types of anxiety disorders. Um, some of those include generalized anxiety disorder, panic disorders, phobias, social anxiety disorder, disorder, and obsessive compulsive disorder, and post-traumatic stress disorder. So there's different types of anxiety disorders, and it, not all of them look the same. And I think you shouldn't judge someone, well, obviously for any of these, but you also shouldn't be like, oh, well, someone who has social anxiety also has obsessive compulsive disorder like it's like you said a spectrum and it's different across the board and some people need certain need different things to cope with their different anxiety disorder so before we end the episode i want to say that black people can be anxious too i think that's something that's often overlooked i think the face for anxiety is a white girl Mm -hmm. that's what i just feel like is a thing yeah Yeah. (laughs) and so I want to talk about how anxiety manifests in black girls slash women and black boys slash men because one I have never heard anyone talk about an anxious black guy like I've never seen that Mm. I'm sure it exists it has to exist but I've never seen that character on TV I've never seen it in the book I've never yeah I've never seen anyone embody it um I've seen the awkward black girl but I haven't seen the anxious black girl and I think those are two different things because you can be socially awkward but not necessarily be anxious, I feel like. So I just want to talk about from my perspective and then we can go from your perspective Yeah. what being an anxious black person looks like. And for me, as an anxious black woman who was once a girl, <laughs> um, <laughs> I was shy because of social anxiety and it was crippling. Um, And this made me made people think that I was stuck up. So I was perceived as stuck up because I was really quiet. I was perceived as mean or possibly having an attitude because I was quiet when really I was just thinking of what to say next. I was Hmm. like, this is a really long pause in this conversation. Think of something, think of something, think of something to say. Um, I know some anxious black girls or women have experienced people thinking they have attitudes because of their social anxiety. Like, when we don't want to do something because of fear or because we are too quiet, people think that means we just don't want to do it because we don't want to do it. Yeah. And when reality, it's we don't want to do it because we're scared. And the idea of a black woman being scared seems bizarre. When in reality, it, everyone's scared of something. Yeah. And black women are human. Yeah. And sometimes we're scared of stuff. And it manifests like every other person who has an who has anxiety. It can manifest as being too quiet or it can manifest as refusing to do something, not because we're having an attitude about it, but because we literally cannot do it. Yeah. Like you will have to push us to do it. Yeah. And I just want to say that black women are normal people and we have all of those other feelings that everyone else has. And I'm sick of people thinking that only white girls have a certain level of humanity when in reality we have a lot of the same shared experiences meaning we have certain experiences when it comes to mental health that is the same as a white girl yeah we're quiet too we're not all of us are loud yeah we're also awkward 
we can have social anxiety. We're not like boisterous and like obnoxious like some people like to think we are. And so I think that's really dangerous when you do that because it makes black people, black women feel like, or black girls feel like they can't come to anyone about it. Or it makes them feel like they're being judged by other people probably because they are being judged when other demographics, other people would not be judged for that. Yeah. Yeah. And I think for a black black for a black man, me as a black man who was a black boy, <laughs> um just always having that thought of how is a man how a man supposed to lead and provide and protect um whether you're like not not including race at all because that's just like a man like a, a overall man thing that you a overall man thing that you hear um but especially specifically for black men i think that um our anxiety or our um stresses get overlooked because of the notion that we are angry you know what i'm saying and the notion that we are already emotional in that sense so why is it that you can express your anger in that way but you can't express anything else in another way yeah and so when you, and i think about like and you was like i never seen an anxious black black man or a black boy or that being embodied as a character i haven't either and i think there's a reason behind it because it almost you almost see it as a sign of weakness like for us yeah. you, we're always kind of taught like your emotions are a sign of a sign of weakness your emotions are a sign of weakness so if you're if my emotions are a sign of weakness that just means for, <laughs> logically doesn't mean don't emote you know yeah. what i'm saying and when you do emote make sure it is strong make sure it's not passive make sure it's aggressive you know what i'm saying and, yeah. and so you get and saying that out loud you you get why women feel so unprotected so un you know what i'm saying not not provided for in that sense of uh providing emotional um security um we we just aren't given the space to allow that to allow for us to you know get that The other moment had to do with um, a seed in my eye, but we'll talk about that later. <laughs> I can't take two stories in one episode. Hold up. What was that? 
Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello, fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns. Hey, folks, I'm Mark Marin from the WTF Podcast, and this episode is brought to you by Kleenex Ultra Soft Tissues your ally to help tackle your allergy symptoms this season. I love the change of seasons, but nobody loves pollen and all those other things floating in the air that make you sneeze during this nice weather. Kleenex Ultra Soft Tissues are hypoallergenic and allergist approved. So fight back against watery eyes and runny noses without worrying about irritating your skin. For this allergy season, grab Kleenex and face allergies head on. 